You are now listening to the Bully Pulpit Podcast, bringing you the hot sauce since 2018, Neo-Funk. Now, here's your hosts. And now, the starting lineup for your Bully Pulpit Podcast, six foot one from Chicagoland area, he dunked on some fourth graders today. Gary Calzone. He knows the difference between Marshawn Brooks and Dylan Brooks. Six I do foot not. three, Ryan Graham. Welcome back to the Bully Pulpit Podcast. The Bulls, they won. They they got a they got a win. They scored more points than the other team today. That was crazy. We just uh, got done watching the Bulls and uh, San Antonio play. The Bulls won. Uh, Chris Dunn is a god, and Laurie Markkinen is a bum. We decided. What the fuck are you talking about? We decided the whole, the whole game. He's just like, yeah, I'm giving up on Laurie Markkinen. Um, he's just gonna be a, a 15.6 rebound guy, like a what were you calling him? Ersan uh, Ilyasova. Yeah, fuck I think you. it's I think his fuck ceiling you. is Ersan Ilyasova. Piece of shit. <laughs> Eat a dick. All right, so the Bulls are one and two this week. They are seven and twenty-three overall on the season. Uh, still at the very bottom of the league, which is good in some respects. Well, they they just climbed above a few a uh, few of the other teams. I think the the cat or the, the Hawks might only have six wins. So yeah, they, they probably just, just passed the Hawks. They're I don't know about the Cavs. I know the, I think the Cavs have seven, so I think they're tied with the Cavs. I know the now. Suns only have like five, which is fucking embarrassing. Suns are going to be good. good in a couple years. A, yeah, they're playing a good game against the Timberwolves now. Um, they just they just pull off a pretty decent trade too. I thought that was better than the initial the the trade. Um, but I, I think you want to talk about that trade later, right? Um, yeah, we'll get into that when we talk about like NBA news and stuff. So do you want to? We'll do game recaps right off the bat. Um, yeah. So coming off the um, the loss to the Celtics, they played the Kings, and I thought for sure they would have some sort of a bounce back game. In the first half, Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox looked pretty dead, but you know, after that first half, which you know, which was not a bad half for the Bulls, uh, De'Aaron Fox was just using that that lightning speed that he had, and was just Coming in the lane, I mean, there'd be plays where he would be taking the ball up and would just, without a hesitation, just drive right to the basket. Nobody would pick him up and guard him. So he scored 25 after only having a couple first half um, points there. So, yeah, they got whomped by the Kings. Marvin Bagley um, against Wendell Carter Jr., former teammates. Bagley had 16 points, and <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. had 8. So... Not the not the battle we wanted to see as Chicago fans, but let's see who has a better career. Levine at nineteen. The over under for that week was or uh, er, for that game was Levine points. I said the I, I set the over under at twenty. You said over. He had nineteen, so you lost that one. Markinen had thirteen and six. Um, Wendell Carter was eight and eight. Holiday had nine. Overall, just a pretty underwhelming performance. It was the first game that Portis and Dunn were back. Um, Dunn, yeah, Dunn was 3 of 5 from the field with 9 points. He had 6 assists, 3 rebounds. Portis was 9, uh, scored 9 points, had 8 rebounds. 
but uh, we saw him pick it up in uh, as as the week went on, which is encouraging. Yeah, who, um, Levine was like the only one with any significant amount of points that game. Yeah, and it was like going up the the score sheet. It was three six four nine nine seven two nineteen eight thirteen nine. You're not gonna win a game with that line right there. Um, yeah, so so that was that game. The Kings just really turned it on in the second half, and yeah, kind of lumped them there. On Thursday, the Bulls played at the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Orlando Magic won 97-91. It was a big game from Vucevic, who was just a monster the entire night. Chicago was kind of the same story with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. He only played 17 minutes because he got in foul trouble. He only scored seven points. Um, it, it was kind of a... I, I really enjoyed watching this game, actually. Like, yeah. Despite the fact that they lost. they like I had a few observations in this game. Um... It was interesting to see them just go to the post. Like that's something that we haven't seen them do, especially under Hoiberg. Like they just pounded the post like six plays in a row, and uh, had a lot of success. Like uh, Lopez was playing really well. The Mexico City fans were loving him, and uh, he fucking just destroyed Mo Bamba on like <laughs> consecutive plays down the floor. Mo Bamba tried to shoot it. He blocked his shot, and then they go down. Dish it to him in the post, and he just dunks on him. So, it was like a weird hook shot dunk that only Robin Lopez would ever pull off in a game, too. One thing that I just thought was so interesting was just I loved this fan base. This fan base was just going wild. <laughs> Mexican Any, fans, anytime, they loved them. Well, yeah, I mean, they've only played... They I love think, the Bulls in yeah. general. Yeah, I was seeing some people on social media saying, like, you know, one guy was like, yeah, every third baseball hat you see has the Bulls logo on it in Mexico. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. As soon as Holiday grabbed the mic, because he's apparently the spokesperson for the Bulls uh, at center court at the beginning of the game, the fans just wouldn't even let him talk. They were just going nuts. It was it was really cool. Um, Laurie had a rough game, uh, two of ten from the field for seven points. Justin Holiday six for eleven. Uh, you know, up in that trade stock there. Zach Levine had, you know, he was 10 for 18 for 23 points. And then at the end of the game, so the Bulls, <laughs> so the, well, just, he's just showing me an angry picture of Steve Clifford, the coach of the Magic right who now looks, for some reason. Who looks exactly like Jim Boylan. Like they shook hands after the game and it was like, it was like an NBA 2K when you, you have say like all a, bald white guys look, look the same? They do. <laughs> It's like an NBA 2K when you have like a user or like just a computer generated coach that just they they look exactly the same. Anyway, go on. So the Magic kind of pulled away in the last few minutes. Zach Levine had some bad turnovers. Um, That I'll talk about that in a second. But came down on the last play and was just I mean some people say he was stat padding just trying to get some extra points. He went up for like a dunk but came down bad on his ankle after after he got kind of blocked. Um and, and went down. The doctors are still looking at him right now. He went back to Chicago today and he is for sure out probably for the next two games. Um some people are saying probably out for three to six weeks with what the injury is. Other people are saying probably very minor, only, you know, a couple games. 
So I really hope for the couple games because I really want to see this core together. They, uh, Wendell, or not Wendell, um, Laurie Marketing, Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine, since all three of them have been on the team, have played 266 minutes. That's like... Is eight, that your stat of the week? No, th that's like eight games, though, of like 32, 33 minutes a game for each of them. So that's not good when, when you really want this core to come together. And that was the big trade piece from the Jimmy Butler trade. They're, they're going to have plenty of chances going ahead. So I'm not super down on that, but that that's really discouraging. So the over-under in that game was DJ Augustine points. He averaged 10.3 on the season. The over-under was 10. Uh, he had 15. You said under, so you were wrong. You were 0 for 2. And then on today, the Bulls got Saturday, a win. Saturday, the Bulls did get a win against the San Antonio Spurs. So Jim Boylan will not shut the fuck up about his former boss, Greg Popovich, and ended up besting him. Does that mean he is the new Greg Popovich? He is the new Greg Popovich. It's official. So is Greg Popovich now not going to shut up about Jim Boylan? <laughs> I hope so. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. It'll get him to stop talking about Trump for once. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Bulls, the Bulls pulled off a victory tonight, which uh, is... No small feat considering how bad they've been. They won 98 to 93. Um, Chris Dunn was the hero. He had 24 points, a lot of baskets down the stretch. He went 11 for 19. He had seven rebounds, three assists, two steals. Laurie Markkinen had 23 and seven rebounds on nine of 18 shooting. Um, three of eight from the three point line. Yeah, Archie two chipped steals, in. two blocks too. He had a, Laurie Markkinen had a clutch block down the line. Um, to help save the game at the end. And then Chris Dunn came back and just, just kept icing him, you know, every, just, every play yeah. down. He, it's amazing what happens when you have a competent point guard, a guy that does things that NBA point guards do, like uh, dribble into the lane and draw the defense, like penetrate. It's right. amazing. Maybe Chris Dunn is and, not a superstar, but I really hope, as we see him play, I really hope that Chris Dunn can come out and kind of do this. I'm not saying do this every game, but be, like you said, a competent point guard. And some people will just shut the fuck up about saying, we need another point guard, we need another point guard. Well, like, we I, do I, need another point guard because our backups yes, are so yes. fucking terrible. But he just, he he does things that NBA point guards do. He drives to the lane, he dishes to people, he... It's amazing how much he people get shots. open because he penetrates to the basket. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like there's. It, it was very encouraging watching him play and watching him take some big shots. I I trust him and Laurie more than I trust Levine. Especially being down the stretch. Fingers so a little bit down the stretch. Levine, Levine, over and the Bulls have had a bad season, but they have been in a lot of games and a lot of times in late game situations. Zach Levine has had a he's had some bad turnovers that weren't like a bad pass or a bad decision. He just lost the ball. So here's a suggestion. So we talked about a little bit on our special podcast where we talk, kind of talked about guard packs. We talked about some of the issues with Boylan running them, you know, nonstop in practice, and Zach Levine getting mad, saying, you know, why why aren't you Trusting that you know, I, I did my conditioning in the offseason and I'm ready to play. Yes, I, I believe that Zach Levine is in very good shape right now. 
what he should be doing while everybody else is running suicides is just running, like, trying to dribble through, like, one of those football gauntlets. Yeah, or just doing, like, the shit you would do in the backyard where you'd count it down and be like, five, four, three, and just not fumbling the ball away, or, like, ideally. Um, I did that so much when I was a kid. Oh, I know, me too. Down, down two. No, I would do. Seconds left. I would do down like nine, and I'm like, this man's on fire. Like, I like hit like three threes in a row, tied up, and then hit a layup. But uh, so Archie chipped in with twelve. Holiday had a terrible game. He Archie had, finally hit some threes too. Yeah, Holiday had a terrible game. He was one for twelve from the field. One for ten from the three point line too. Yeah, that's pretty bad. He had eight points, seven rebounds. Wendell had he fouled out. I mean, it's just it's just a comedy at this point. Justin Holiday was a was a plus twenty though. It's just a comedy at this point with Wendell. Archie was a plus twenty two on the Spurs. Wow. <laughs> and then yeah, Markman was a plus twelve. Dunn was actually only a plus three, but was that's why a plus minus doesn't. But mean Dunn shit. Dunn was playing with a lot of the backups. Dunn played uh, he with the way the rotation kind of went tonight in the first half. The San Antonio Spurs were killing us from the bench. And let's take a look at our bench. So Chandler Hutchison in, geez, four minutes was a minus 13. Bobby Portis in uh, in 19 minutes was a minus 11. And Shaq Harrison with 10 minutes was a minus 14. So our bench just really wasn't doing us any justice. Yeah, Hutchison didn't do much. He had four minutes, zero points. So yeah, Shaq had that's zero, or zero points in ten minutes. Cameron Payne, I don't even remember him scoring, but apparently he had four points. Cameron Payne had a couple decent plays in the first half, and I think was actually one of the only positive players in the first half out of that bench, especially. Um, but then really came down to life and showed his true inner campaign. Yeah, and Bobby Bobby had nine points on four twelve shooting. wasn't his best out uh, outing. On uh, Robin Lopez, pretty pretty efficient. Ten points on three of six shooting for with five rebounds. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's been the first time this year that we've seen somebody really step up and actually like make shots down the stretch. It's weird. It's it's legitimately weird to see the Bulls come back from twenty one points down. I thought for sure. Being down 21 points. I mean, we've we've watched, we film this usually on Saturdays or, or record this usually on Saturdays, and the vast majority of games have been just disgusting blowouts, and so it was weird to see them actually come back and and win for once. Um, so not only did we have the pot versus Boylan matchup, everybody in the NBA has been dying to see, but we also had um, bench coach. Karen oh, we the, the ladies, the ladies uh, against each other, yeah. Yeah, versus Becky Hammond. So we, we saw some lady coaches, and you were talking about earlier. I mean, you thought Becky Hammond would make a pretty good coach, right? I think Becky Ham. Well, I think there's only a few teams that would be a good spot for her. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves would be a good spot because Carl Anthony Towns like just wants to play video games all day. He kind of needs someone to like clean up after him, and you Jesus. know. Like, just be his mom and like be like, hey, you got to go to practice. He's like, fine. Whatever. Hey, the nachos are ready. Yeah, like you, you know, just I feel like they're you know they're pretty soft out there in Minnesota, so they need a 
let's uh, let's pass our misogyny off to somebody on Facebook. Uh, well, this is the comment, comment of the week. Of the week. Who said, I am guessing the team should fire Boylan and hire Karen Stack as head coach. Seems like these players are more in need of a team mom than anybody thought. They are very young, and after all, I'm sure they'd appreciate some orange wedges uh, at halftime, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't do our uh, our finish phrase of the week, which I is... Uh, hot. Uh, she was. Um... Our Finnish phrase of the week for our, our Finland fans out there. We have a couple downloads from Finland. Uh, so this is our Finnish phrase of the week. I'm going to take this straight off of uh, Google, the Google Finnish to, or English to Finnish translation. Here you go. Should we tell the American or English speaking fans what this one means? I think we can finally reveal one. Okay, we'll reveal this one. This, uh, this says... Goodbye, fat boy, because we are finally getting rid of Jabari Parker, the bane of our existence for the last... Uh, I, I saw something like, I think Jabari and Dwayne Wade combined are like in the 80s, um, <laughs> 80s in games played and are like a combined like 70 million or some shit. Over the court, yeah, that's wild. So, do you want to do top NBA stories this week? Yeah, or, is 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 the whole Jabari Parker thing one of them? Uh, well, that that's our top story this week. I mean, basically, the Bulls decided that Jabari Parker was going to be out of the rotation. He didn't play tonight, uh, and they want to get rid of him. Uh, I think this is probably a good time to bring in the trade machine segment. Uh, you have a trade machine for Jabari Parker, a potential destination, which uh, someone on Twitter said it was the dumbest trade idea ever. I think. No, that was, that was somebody on Facebook. I, I didn't get, I didn't get a ton of hate for this trade, um, but a lot of like, you know, kind of back and forth on it. I, I've been talking with people all online because we're we're just a bunch of idiots who are just making suggestions that are probably terrible anyways. Um, pretty much everybody on the internet is. So, I'm thinking. So Nick Batum is a solid, competent player for the Charlotte. So Hornets. what's okay? So let's give him the trade. Okay. So we have Jabari Parker, Justin Holiday, and a pair of second round draft picks uh, in 2020 and 2021 for Nick Batum and Miles Bridges. Nick Batum, like I said, solid NBA player over the course of his career, but definitely not worth $20 million, $24 million for not only this year, not only the year after, but the year after that. So I'll give my comments. The trade is Charlotte receives Justin Holiday, Jabari Parker, a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. And the Bulls received Nicholas Batum, Miles Bridges, um, the Batum contract is pretty bad. I've always liked Batum, um, but he has three years left on his deal right now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I for me, I'm I, torn on this trade too. This was just something that worked that I thought Charlotte might dabble in. Miles Bridges is a very promising player, so they might not want to give up that. 
but I'm pretty damn sure they want to give up that Batum contract because they're going to have to re-sign um, Kemba Walker in the offseason or extend his contract by the contract extension deadline, um, which I think is in March. For um, Yeah, but if they want to keep him in Charlotte, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to clear up some cap room so they can sign some, A, competent bench players, and B, some maybe another star to play along Kemba Walker, and they can't do that with that Nicholas Batum contract. So the Bulls taking that in are sacrificing basically two more years of that. But, but don't he, they, is a, he is a solid player. Don't which, the Bulls want a first-round draft pick? I don't know. I, I think so many people on the internet are super horny over a first-round draft pick. So last year at the trade deadline, there was only two first-round draft picks traded. And one of them was to the Bulls, who the Bulls picked Chandler Hutchison with from the New Orleans Pelicans. We did have to take on O'Mara Sheik's contract, which isn't that bad because next year we only have to pay him $3 million. This year we had to pay him $13 million. And the only other one was in the Blake Griffin blockbuster trade. So I think you're you're getting some decent... Um, or I, I think some, some people think that's just such a hot commodity. But when you're looking at it, players in the 20s of draft picks who, who I think the 20s, the, the teen, like the mid-teens through, through the 20s are the draft picks that people are willing to part ways with. I don't, I don't think any, I don't think like the Suns or the Cleveland Cavaliers are willing to give you a bad contract to give up their first this year when they know that's going to be a top 10 pick. Well, yeah, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be anyone in the in the lottery that's willing to give you. A so top I mean, if you, I mean, unless if you it's look, like a, if you look at all the drafts from the last ten years and the people, let's just say the people in the twenties, it's not. It's not great. It's a crapshoot. There's some very very good players that came out of those twenties, but that's very few and far between. Or not few and far between, but it, it, I mean, it's a crapshoot. Nobody's going to turn into a star. Um, what Unless you, you're super lucky. What if you do it for like four second round draft picks where you do a swap, basically? So you get to pick whatever. Like you just get some trash contract for Jabari Parker and then you do like three or four second round draft picks and you get to choose which, like basically it's either your draft pick or their draft pick. You pick whichever one is higher. Not second rounds. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, if you get I think four years of second, over draft picks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is if you get four years of second round draft picks, that's a decent amount of chances that you're going to end up with someone semi competent. Yeah, but no, no. I don't think I, any I, I any team would do that. But. I wouldn't take on a trade. Like if somebody had the cap room just to absorb Jabari, which nobody does, I'd say yeah, for sure. There's but, only one team that's under the cap, and it's, I believe, Sacramento. Kings, yeah. And they are, like, barely under the cap. So it's, right. like, $2 million. They'd have to take on an expiring contract this year. So, I, I don't know. I think Zachary Randolph's through next year and is in the 10s. So that could work. So but, Jabari's making, like, $20 million, right? Twenty million this year and a player option for twenty million or a team option for twenty million next year, which I doubt there's any teams that's going to give it to him. But what I'm thinking with the Charlotte Hornets is, 
perhaps he worked out for them. And, and they're getting Justin Holiday too. Perhaps he works out for them. Maybe they don't sign him for $20 million, but maybe he, he finds a home there and he's willing to re-sign for $10 million or something like that. So that's the sauce I see there. And otherwise, maybe they just, if they don't see any fit for him at all, they call it a wash. They got Nick Batum's contract out of the way. All right, I'm just going to list off. There, there's guys that are making $20 million or around that, you know, within a couple hundred thousand dollars. And you tell me, just in terms of straight-up trade, whether or not uh, it would happen or whether or not you would do just it. Just a straight-up trade? Just a straight-up trade, player for player. So Jimmy Butler, probably not going to happen. Do uh, it. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. Ryan Anderson? No. Yeah, I don't think I would do that either. Um, you got Kyrie. Yes. Do it right now. Pull the trigger. <laughs> you have Zach Levine. Could you trade your yes. own player do it. for Zach Levine? <laughs> uh, get two Zach Levines. So this what was would a- the NBA do if they're like, yeah, we got to trade. We're going to trade uh, <laughs> contracts within each other. Jabari for Zach Levine. <laughs> um, okay, this is an interesting one. Uh, Tyler Johnson. We were talking about this before. So he's making $20 million. If you could get Tyler Johnson... He's got a player a, option next year, right? And the Heat... Yeah. And that's it? He's got a player option next year. And the Heat... He's a shooting guard? Not a small I mean, forward? He's a uh, shooting guard, yeah. He's not very good. He averages like 11 points a game. But you could, I mean, potentially maybe get a... I mean, where, where are the Heat going to be round picking? pick, maybe? The Heat? I mean, the Heat are towards the bottom of the league. And, uh, and they're in the East, so towards the bottom of the league is different in the East than different in the West. Because right. towards the bottom of the league, or towards the bottom of the conference in the West, is you're looking at 13 wins compared to somebody in the East who's like in the same spot as you with like 8 wins. What about this? So right below Tyler Johnson on this list in terms of NBA salaries... Making making nineteen point one million dollars a year is John Wall. Mm-mm. You don't want John Wall because John Wall next year his contract extension kicks in. John Wall's contract so he's extension make kicks a lot in, more. and by the end of it is going to be making in the forties per year. Holy shit! Yeah. So below that you have Jeff Teague, which I don't think we want. Um, George Hill. I don't want anything to do with Jeff Teague. What, what are your Je- thought? What are your thoughts on Jeff Teague? Straight up bum. I hope they get rid of him. And I don't think uh, I don't think Thibodeau would want anything to do with Jabari Parker. No, um, he's already got Towns and Wiggins. He doesn't yeah. want Jabari Parker. Um. Below that, I mean, we'll just do a couple more of these. You got uh, George Hill. You have Clay Thompson, which is never going to happen. We talked about Houston. What about Brandon Knight, who I think is making 13 over the next few years? And if they threw in a first? Well, you'd have to add somebody else. Brandon Knight is making 14. I, I don't want Brandon Knight. No, I don't um, want that. So, you have Enos Cantor, which I don't think the Bulls really want. Yeah, and again, we're just looking at players that are around twenty million that you could 
potentially trade straight up or trade. I think this is dead. I, I don't think there's anybody straight up. Wesley Matthews, Alan Crabb, Goran Dragic. No, because at least those Ken guys more Evan Turner. Draymond at least these Green. guys are contributing to their team. What about Draymond? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about Bismack Biombo? He's making seventeen million dollars. Jesus. He's Christ. on the Magic. Or on he, the Hornets. He's on the Hornets. Okay. That is terrible. So yeah, yeah there's, you there's can make not, another Hornets trade. You can make it. The Hornets have a couple contracts that you could make work, but Batum, as far as amount of contract, is by far the worst. Because you have Biombo, who you said is making seventeen. Yeah. I think you have Marvin Williams in there, who's making in the mid teens, and then you have uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Who was too. the suspected number one pick, but went like second in like 2012 or 13? Yeah. But his, I mean, he's he's just a glorified role player. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be tough pickings for. Uh, so okay, my trade machine. Will you do that? Um, I don't know if I give up two first round picks. I think you might be over. Second. Or two second-round picks. I think he might be overvaluing Batum. And I honestly, I don't know. I'm more interested for Bridges. Bridges out there is scoring like eight points a game. You know, four rebounds, two or one assist or something like that. And like almost a steal and a block a game. In like limited minutes. In like 20 minutes a game. As a rookie, he's shooting like well, I, I'm not, I'm 49%. Not, I'm not arguing against Bridges. Okay, I'm just saying so would you do, would you do that for the return of Bridges? I, I just don't think that they would do that. Um, that they, was my they, next question. They might do it for a late first-round draft pick. Would, you do, they would, would they do it for Monk? For Monk? Malik Monk? And not not and Bridges, but and Batum and Batum. No, they would not do that for Malik okay. at all. But um, in terms of like maybe they, I think they would be more willing to give up a first round draft pick than they would Bridges or Monk. Okay, they, you'd rather have the because they're looking quantity. to maybe pick like anywhere between eleven and sixteen. Yeah. I'd do it's, it. For, I'd do it for the first, then maybe. You would do, yeah, maybe. Um, but like I said, I, I know what I'm getting in Miles Bridges. I, I see. I don't see superstar potential, but I see like very good, like 15, 15, 15 four, four, and four yeah. yeah. In like a block, a block from the wing. A very good defender. I could see that. So, um, talking about NBA big stories. So there was that trade. Uh, it was. I'll try to find the details here. Essentially, what well, another one of the big stories was Joakim Noah, which I know you know about. You want to talk about that for a little bit? The Joakim Noah, the, the story about how New York was too lit for him. Yeah. So so he went over to New York and signed that big contract. Um, yeah, he, he was like talking on some interview. I don't know if it was like for like a radio state or what it was for, but they're like, oh, so, you know, what went wrong in New York? And he's like, man, like New York was lit. Like it was too lit for me. I was partying nonstop. Like, you know, I think he was just getting like trashed like every day and that just kind of fucked him up. 
And then he's like, yeah, Memphis is just perfect for me. So the right around the right amount of mellow, um, I'm going to thrive here. And then they're like, what about Chicago? And he goes, Chicago was lit, but I, you know, I was younger, had a younger body. I could handle it. So yeah, Joakim Noah's getting lit. Um, but now he's in, now he's in Memphis and he's, he's a little more mellowed down. Good for him. So the essentially uh, with, with the the three te- three team trade that was about to happen, um, it was between the Wizards, Suns, and Grizzlies. Uh, originally, it was reported that they all agreed in principle to a deal that included Wayne Selden, Wayne Selden, and Dylan Brooks. They were going to the Suns, and then all of a sudden. It was Marshawn Brooks on his way to the Suns, and then Phoenix they clarified like, that again, and then it wasn't, and then it was Dylan Brooks going to the Suns, and they, essentially they got uh, there was a mix up over which Brooks was going to the Suns, and what's even funnier about that is that Scott Brooks is the coach of the Wizards, so there was another Brooks technically in play possibly. Yeah, you could have thrown Aaron Brooks in there, the old Saints quarterback. It was like, it was a complete Or Aaron disaster. Brooks, the old Bulls backup point guard. Yeah. But he's and, on the Timberwolves. And then uh, at the end of the day, they ended up making a trade for, who is it, Oubre? For... Oubre, Oubre and Austin Rivers are going to the Suns. So I just made up a scoop. I, I just grabbed Austin Rivers off of free agency and fantasy because he's going to be the starting point guard for the Suns. Mm-hmm. So right now it's Elio Kobo, who's a rookie, a second-round draft pick, who's pretty much the only real point guard that the Suns have. Um, yeah, so I thought that was a good pickup on my end, but... Doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think of that trade? I, I personally think the Suns I think it's kind hilarious. of robbed them. I think it's hilarious, the, the mix-up. and uh... you, know, you know what's even funnier? Is that the Phoenix Suns owner was so adamant. I, I find it funny where Trevor Ariza is this very hot commodity. He's a wing. He's a veteran. And he's a, he's a glue guy. He was a glue guy for the Houston Rockets. He's the Rockets. ultimate 3-and-D like, comp. Yeah, it's like oh, he could be Trevor Ariza one day. Yeah, that's what they say about like bridges, uh, both of the bridges players. Yeah, both of them. And so Trevor Ariza right now is like he's on the trade block, and he's on you know he maybe made a bad decision to go to the Suns because they're not going to compete. He went there as a veteran presence, kind of like kind of like what's his name went to the Wizards a couple. Paul Pierce went to the Wizards a couple years ago. And was just a you know a, a three a three player who would be a veteran presence and you know help be a glue guy for that team. And Houston Rockets right now are suffering without him. They have a losing record currently as we stand, and we're getting pretty not deep into the season, but we're we're in the season right now. And he's a guy that everybody wanted. The Lakers wanted. The Houston Rockets wanted him back. And. Uh, the Suns owner just did not want to trade him to the Lakers. <laughs> so he sent him to the Washington Wizards, who are greatly struggling right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out for him. What else you got for NBA news? Um, I'm looking at shit on Reddit right now. There was one thing that said... Uh, Kawhi Leonard tells a joke. I'm trying to find that. 
<laughs> but uh, what do you, you say? A, do you have a stat of the week? Or, or did you I do, and, and this one's kind of unfortunate because I noticed this prior to Zach Levine's injury, and then the Bulls, without Zach Levine, pulled out a win. So, like I said, 266 minutes played between Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and Chris Dunn combined. Zach Levine, since Laurie Markkinen has been back, is now shooting 55% from the field, 45% from three, and like 90-some percent from the free throw line, or high 80s or something like that. So, very good slash line. We saw at the beginning of the year, Zach Levine was red hot. He was coming out. He was shooting the three ball well. He was shooting the two well. He was shooting at a very high percentage for, you know, for Zach Levine. And then it just turned out he was just taking out too much of the load. And then he got his three-point percentage. He was like, he even dipped into the, I think he dipped into 29% at one point. And then slowly brought it back to like 31%. But, since I mean, since then, like, just the presence of Laurie Markkinen really helps out Zach Levine's game and helps Zach Levine be a more efficient basketball player. So, I mean, thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that's one thing that, you know, when these three guys are playing together, your core, do you think that's one thing that that really helps? Or do you you think it's just kind of empty stats because they're losing? Well, it'll be interesting with Zach Levine and um, Chris Dunn. Because Chris Dunn, I mean, he showed tonight that he can... He can make plays just dribbling and you know. Chris Dunn's a off, motherfucker. Yeah, off off screens and stuff, and it's a lot of the th- same thing that you see with uh, with Zach. The only thing with Zach is that it's just it's gotten pretty inefficient over the last couple months, or, or you know, a couple weeks or whatever. So I, I don't know. It'll I be mean, interesting now, to now see. Now you have multiple guys who can finish. Yeah, and um, Zach doesn't have to be the guy every single time. So I, it, it'll be. In, uh, hopefully, I think, he, I think Zach just can't be the primary ball handler. Hopefully, yeah. It, hopefully, it gets more. Um, it gets more efficient, not less efficient. Hopefully, it's it's not. It it doesn't become like Zach. You know, scores ten points a game because Chris has the ball in his hands all the time, or the opposite. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I, they can all kind of work together and find their shots. So I mean, you saw tonight, and they they were able to develop this chemistry last year. Chris Dunn and Laurie Markkinen. I mean, they they had some pretty good games together. Where they, I mean, they just had a very two man game going. Either of them can finish a game. Oh, the thing with Laurie is like, it, it's I'm not saying, really it's really hard to not have chemistry with Laurie Markkinen because he doesn't like demand the ball all that much. I think so he needs just, to a little more. He, he I think does, Laurie Markkinen needs to become a little more selfish. I, I think he can't just limit himself to a perimeter player. Yeah, but I mean, he you know he will defer to his teammates, so it's not the end of the world if Zach or you know uh, Chris Dunn takes some more shots. He they're, they're going to play well off each other. Um, that was the problem I think with with Jabari. I mean, if we're if we're talking about why did Jabari or why because I think there's some people probably from out of town or who don't don't watch the Bulls a whole lot that see. You know, Jabari is scoring, what, what is he averaging, like 16 points a game? Something, something like that. that. Yeah. And they go, well, the Bulls are the worst scoring team in the league. Why the hell are you going to get rid of Jabari? It's because he completely ruins the offense. Like Jabari will... Parker is like a young, injured, a young, injury-prone Carmelo Anthony. 
Carmelo Anthony being a guy who... But way worse at scoring the basketball. Like, he just has no filter for how he, you know, how he's going to, like, shoot the ball. He just, every single time down the floor, he's looking for his shot. Even without the injuries, if he put in the work that he puts in... Now, I mean, he'd be in a, he'd probably be in a very similar place to Carmelo Anthony. Just not a winner, not somebody that's going to. Well, he doesn't play any defense. Be, yeah. He's out of shape. He doesn't really care. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, like you gotta do something other than just score. Yeah, I don't know. So this is Kawhi Leonard tells a joke. I have not listened to this. We'll see if it's funny. What's the first thing an elf learns in school? The alphabet. <laughs> the alphabet. So That's speaking terrible. speaking of Kawhi Leonard and Christmas, there was a guy and, and he was a guy who I kind of felt bad for him because he's like, Merry Christmas! Like you know what what do you uh, what do you like about Christmas? And he just turned he just looked at him he's like, I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> And then the last, the last bit of uh, NBA news is uh, Stephen Adams could have killed a Plumley, and he did not. He sa- he spared a Plumley. I would kill somebody for the chance to kill a Plumley. And he will be rewarded in the afterlife for not killing a Plumley. Basically, uh, I don't know if Mason, whatever the fuck, one, one of the Nuggets, one of the one of the Plumleys went up for a shot. Or no, no, no. Um, Steven Adams went up for a shot, pump faked, the Plumley went up in the air, and he it, it could have shot the ball to get an and one, but the Plumley was going to hit the ground at such a rate that he probably caught him on his back. He basically grabbed his arm and made sure that he didn't fucking break his neck. <laughs> and uh, yeah, props to, uh, props to Steven Adams for just being a stand-up Kiwi. Just a good guy. Um, so... Let's see. We've done uh, we've done over unders. I think I was gonna do what we're, so we were gonna do over unders for this following week, but uh, we are probably not going to record a podcast next week just based on the fact that it's Christmas and there's a lot of shit going on. So um, we're gonna take a week off. We're gonna take a week off of the over unders. You want to just do them for fun? Sure. All right. This doesn't count, but I had so on. Going the next well, week. The over unders can count. Yeah, that's we just fine. won't do a beer bet for for beer. Yeah, we won't do the beer bet because I'm getting my ass kicked. What, what? So let's go back to the beer bet. Let's see what happened this week. Um, you want to get out your phone just to see what we got here. So the beer bet was for this week. Basically, every single week we do three categories and. Uh, Whoever gets two out of the three categories right doesn't have to buy the beer. So if you lose the beer bet, then you have to buy the beer for the next show. So we had or, a revenge category. We had a revenge category. It was Antonio Blankney missed shots. Last last week I got fucked, and I said 10. And you going to tell why for people who didn't hear it last week? So basically... I said we we had Antonio Blankety miss shots and it was kind of a tricky category because we weren't sure if he was actually going to play, and then I I pretty sure I lowballed it. I was like he's going to miss like four shots or something like that, and then he didn't play the first two games. So I was like oh, crazy. I'm going to win this. Like he's not even going to play. And then he comes in the last game of the week 
and misses like he he goes like one for nine, so I lose the bet. Um. So for this week, it was Antonio Blankenie missed shots. I said ten. Gary said one. Antonio Blankenie got banished to the G League and didn't even play tonight, so he had zero. So I lost that he, one. He only got banished to the G League the first game of the week against the Kings. So he came back. He was eligible tonight, but he did not play. Um, Laurie Markkinen points. What did he have tonight? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. So that is forty-three. Forty-three. Um, the I guessed fifty-eight points for the week in three games. Gary guessed sixty-nine. The total was forty-three. So I won that one. And then uh, this would be an interesting one. Uh, bench points. What what did the Bulls have tonight? I'll ask Siri. We'll just 20, do this. Twenty-three bench points. Oh really? You yep. just have the total. Yep. All right, so 23 bench points. So what is literally only three bench players score. What is 23 plus 38 plus 31? What was it? 23 plus 31 plus 38. 92. Oh, my God. That was freaking close. Holy shit. So literally, um, so it was three games. We guessed how many bench points would the Bulls have. I guessed 91, Gary guessed 90, and it was 92. Holy shit. So I got that one I got that one right. So, so you won. I won. I won the beer bet for once. You won by one point. Holy shit. I didn't even realize that. Well, you won by, I guess, the spread of two total. Yeah. Because if you guys, if they got 91. That was insane. Wow. So the over-unders for this coming week, and, we, you know, again, we're probably not going to do a podcast. Uh, next week, but the over/unders for this week. So on Monday, the beer, the, the beers, the Bulls play. Uh, you can call them the beers because they make me want to drink like almost every game. Mm-hmm. The Bulls uh, play at Oklahoma City on WGN. This is at 7 p.m. Uh, my over/under for this game is Westbrook points at 25. He's averaging only like 20 on the season. He's averaging like 21. Yeah. Um, and you said 25? Yeah. I usually guess the under when you when you guess, when you do opponent's points, so I'm going to go over. All right. And then on Wednesday, the Bulls play at home versus Well, no, Brooklyn. he is playing against Chris Dunn, though. Too bad. Um... <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie has been going fucking ham. He just got a new contract. We never did... How's Dougie doing? No shit. We'll do that later. Um, He scored 27, 39, and 25 in his last three games with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Got a contract extension. He got a contract extension out of it. This dude's fucking killing it. Um, He he averages 17.2 points per game. I'm going to put it at 17 and a half. Do you think he's over or under that? He's riding a hot streak right now, but again, he's playing against... He's coming off the bench, though, so he's going to see a lot of, like, Archie. And you said 17 and a half? Yeah, he's averaging 17.2. I think he'll score, like, 20. All right, so we got an over there. Then they play Orlando. Mo Bamba, uh, who is trash, by the way. I really am so low on Mo Bamba. He's averaging 6.7. You remember how bad I wanted Mo Bamba? You wanted Mo Bamba so bad, and I'm so glad that we have uh, Wendell Carter 
if he can just not get fucked by the refs every single game. Um, he's averaging 6.7 points. 6.5 is the over-under. When you think over-under, 6.5 points. How many How many did he score against the Bulls? He eight. scored eight. And that's really They got a like, pretty bad perimeter team, so he could hit some threes again. Let's say under. All right, and then on Sunday, Bulls play at 5 p.m. on NBCSN. Um, I'm just going to go Bulls wins at 0.5, over, under. That's a, that's a very winnable game for the Bulls. Over. Going to go over? So you're going to get Take it against win. the Magic. They're going to get their eighth win? Yep. All right, so uh, how's Dougie doing? It's a segment we do every single week. We talk about uh, Bulls players, or former Bulls players, that uh, you know are doing things elsewhere in the league. Um, what what do we got? Dougie for? had a three point game, a two point game, and a twelve point game this week. That is the most Doug McDermott like three games ever. And then Noah had a five three and five week. Okay. Um, I think he played tonight too, um, but we won't go with that. Rose had a handful of twenty twenty and twenty one point games. Bellinelli, what did he do? Bellinelli was killing it against Bellinelli the Bulls. Bellinelli is today. so good. I don't know how many. He is such a good He had like 17. Did he have 17 points? Um, let me check real quick. But, yeah, I mean, he was he was hitting like every shot. He was hitting some ridiculous shots, too. At one point, he was 5 for 6 and 3. He had 17 points on 6 of 8 shooting. That's, yeah. that's insane for wow. like bench production. Um. Like, like we, we talked about Dinwiddie, and we talked about him earlier in our podcast. If you haven't listened, we have a little special where we talk about, we pretty much talk about everything Garpax as a unit have done uh, since 2009 when Gar took over as GM. Um, it, it was pretty unbiased. We weren't taking really one side or the other, but we just wanted to lay out all the facts. Um, but Dinwiddie was one of the things that we talked about. How he is a very competent player, and they basically chose Jerry and Grant and R.J. Hunter over him, um, which they later cut R.J. Hunter. Um, this week for Bulls former players was a pretty injury-riddled week. So not only did we, you know, we have our injury of Zach Levine, but former Bulls players Nico, Etwan uh, Moore, and Jimmy Butler were all, and, and Taj Gibson sat, sat tonight. So we had several injured former Bulls uh, going this week. So Jimmy injured a groin. Each one, or Nico had, I don't know what's wrong with Nico or more, but yeah. So uh, Joakim Noah did play tonight over under one, uh, over under zero points for Joakim Noah tonight. Over? He had one point. Nice. What, what else did he do? Two rebounds, one assist. He played seven minutes. Okay. They lost to the Rockets, 105 to 97. So, um, I guess the last thing to do probably is the um, the Tony Snell Award, which is the award that we give to the player that is infuri- infuriating us the most. Um, it's kind of weird because Jabari's gone. Um, Antonio, well, you know, he's out of the rotation. Antonio Blankeny is banished. 
So who is the who's the player that's infuriating us the most? It's it. They've they've kind of done a good job in in ousting those guys that are bad. Frustrating, so. yeah. Frustrating, well, yeah. I mean that kind of leaves Cameron Payne, who's still kind of in the rotation. Every time Cameron Payne gets the ball, I feel very nervous. Like I'm just like, just please give it to somebody else. I I guess yeah, Cameron Payne. Um, I mean, Holiday has his has his good games and has his bad games. Um, but yeah, I it, I'm gonna give this one to the refs, just refs in general. Fucking over Wendell Carter every fucking game. Yeah, every like it's it's literally becoming a joke at this point where it's like. I Wendell, guess this game was kind of warranted. I I didn't see any fouls that I was really questioning, but it's just I, Wendell nonstop. It's like the. Uh, the clip of uh, Cousins after he comes off the floor, he scored like fifty-five points, and then he's like bitching to the to the uh, interview lady after the game, being like, "It's fucking ridiculous what they're doing out here." Like that, that's how I, I remember feel. that game too. I, was, yeah. I think I was watching. I think it was like I think it was like an ESPN game. So like, I was, I yeah. was watching. He's like, everyone can see now what's been going on. It's it's ridiculous, and I'm upset or whatever the fuck you said, but. Uh, yeah, that, that I mean that's the feeling I get when I watch Wendell Carter because he just he, he gets so fucked like every single game. It's like three and fouls. It, I, that affects his mind so much too because you just see the look on his face. And it, I don't think he's a guy that could be phased very easily. Nah, but he, he's just he takes it maturely. Just, like he doesn't. He just looks sad out there so many times. He doesn't like bitch out the refs or anything or do anything crazy, but he just. I don't know. He just he he kind of takes it maturely, but he just looks he looks around like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm not, I'm barely even doing anything, and I'm getting fucking three fouls in the first half, and now I have to. Say, he played 17 minutes tonight, and uh, he probably averaged like less than 20 minutes this week, just because of fouls. Because they they want to play him 30 minutes a game, but they can't because he keeps getting fucking fouls. So I don't know. Bulls will figure it out. We hope. Yeah, I, I mean, they're getting back to... I mean, tonight, was just, it was so reminiscent of last year. Where last year, they... they I'm not saying they were a good team last year, but they kind of figured it out, you know, even after the Nico Miritich trade, that they, they really kind of figured it out where they... I mean, they at least had some chemistry going, and they at least had some games where... I mean, they just looked like a competitive basketball team. So tonight reminded me of that. I, I mean, Zach Levine, weirdly, is the odd man out, even though he's been so good this year. Um, so I hope they can reinsert him, you know, back into that lineup, and he can be a guy who can keep getting that, like I said, keep shooting at a very high vo- or high rate, um, but doesn't have to take on the volume that he was taking on earlier in the season. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Bully Pulpit Pod. Uh, send us an email at bullypulpitpodcast at gmail dot com. Have we, we gotten an email outside of our activate your account email? No, we get a lot of like Podbean emails and like Adobe Premiere emails and shit like that. But we have not gotten an email from a fan. So if you want to be the first one, just go ahead and send us an email. Sweet. All right, go Bulls. Go we Bulls. Gotta win. Good night.